God from age to age, though the earth may pass away, your words remain the same. Your history can prove there's nothing you can do. You're faithful and true. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast and let my
Tried so hard to see it. Took me so long to believe it. But you choose someone like me to carry your victory. Perfection could never earn it. You give what we don't deserve it. You take the broken things and raise them to glory. You are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you won, I am who you say.
You're a good, good Father, Jesus. Lord, we just lift you up. We lift up your name this morning, Jesus, because you are worthy. Thank you for paying the price for us, Lord. Because you're a good, good Father. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Say, I love you, Jesus. Say, I love you, Jesus. you are worthy, Lord. We lift you up, Jesus. Thank you so much for this day, Lord, that we can come together and lift your name together and sing all together and just praise you for the sacrifices that you gave. So perfect to cover everything inside of us, Lord, so that we can be white perfect in your eyes, that your righteousness is my righteousness. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Get out of your seats. Love on each other. Tell him you're perfect in all of your ways because he is perfect in all of his ways.
Hey, good morning again, Hope Church. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving, enjoying time with friends and family. Just want to welcome you again. Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. Just a few announcements. Was that me? Did I do that? Did I do that? Hey, uh, real quick, uh, at this time we want to go ahead and dismiss our kids to Kids Church. So if you are a toddler through second grade, you can make your way over and they will be dismissed. Also at this time, we want to ask our ushers to come forward and service for our tithes and offerings. There's multiple ways you can do that. I'm sure it's on the screen. Uh, you can give in person through the Loop app, or you can mail a check or by text. A uh, few quick announcements while they're doing that. The Diamond Head small group is still collecting items for Feed My Sheep, and they are going to be collecting those until December the 11th. You'll probably see a list on the screen there of the items that they are uh, taking in. Also, we are still collecting hygiene kit items for Convoy of Hope. Two weeks from today, on December the 11th, we need your help from 4 to 6. We're going to have a packing party to get those items ready to be shipped off to Convoy of Hope. So if you're available that day, that'd be great if you could come help us pack those items up. Two things real quick. Uh, youth, there is no youth tonight. We're going to take a Thanksgiving break. Am I doing that again? Uh, other thing for youth, youth, students, and parents, December the 18th, we're going to have a night of just fellowship, potluck supper. So mark your calendars. Um, if you haven't followed the um, Hope Church youth group on Facebook, that's where we're going to be posting some information as far as menu items, things of that nature. So if you aren't a follower of that page, go out there and like that page, and we'll pass along the information for that. Um, also, youth, you might want to close your ears for this one. Parents, you're welcome to come and hang out with us. We want you to come and hang out with the youth, see what we're all about, okay? So um, mark your calendars. Make sure to be join us on December the 18th. At this time, I want to welcome special guest speakers this morning for Jeff August. He's going to come and bring us our message this morning. Thanks. That's loud. I'm already loud. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah. So, just to introduce myself, my name is Jeff August. I am one of the elders of the church on the board um, when we uh, decided to change from elder from board members to elders we talked about responsibilities and obviously this is one of those responsibilities but I just want to introduce my wife Angela um, we're going on 28 years of being married um, we have we have three lovely biological children and two adopted ch children, um, actually Megan and her husband and two of my grandchildren are here today. Um, we've been a part of the church, whether it be the past church or this church for going on probably 12, 13 years, ever since Katrina. Um, it's been something that we've loved, um, but to get to today, about a month ago, Kevin asked me to lead communion, which we're going to do after service today, and 
as next steps for us as elders, I was like, yeah, I can, I can do that. And as I started reading about communion, I texted Kevin back and I said, Kevin, this whole thing's sending me down a biblical rabbit hole. And uh, he says, text me back laughing, and he says, what do you mean? And I said, well, I said, the more I read, the more I see that, man, we could almost do a whole Sunday service just on communion and the, the tie-in to the Last Supper and communion and Old Testament and New Testament. And so he texted me back, well, what if I could work with you and put together a communion message and then we take communion afterwards? Well, I'm sorry, but the word we usually means both of us. And as you can see, it's just me up here. But that's okay. Kevin works hard, especially this last year. And, you know, that's a lot of responsibility and a lot of work to put together a message every Sunday and, and to, to, to lead us where God feels he needs us to be. So I'm a little nervous, but we'll be good. So, but... <laughs> what I want to do is start off, you're going to have to forgive me because I'd have my Bible up here, but half of us wouldn't understand it because I love reading out of the King James Bible, and that's probably one of the hardest versions to, to understand. So I'm going to use my phone and the Bible app because we're going to be reading out of um, the ESV, but I want to start with what we all know about communion, and that's in, let me find it, I think it's in, this just happens when you don't do this all the time, all right, so I'm going to actually be reading the communion story out of Luke instead of Matthew, which most people know I'm just kind of that way, I like to not be the norm. So, um, in Luke, it says, we're going to read Luke chapter 22, four, verses 14 through 20, um, and then starting in verse 14, and when the hour came, he reclined at the table, and the apostles with him, and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and then he gave it, gave thanks. He said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he gave thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, <coughs> excuse me, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. When I read that, and that's what started the whole rabbit hole, you know, I, I don't know if I heard it, forgot it. I told Kevin maybe fell asleep. But the whole fact that 
You know, the whole reason they gathered in, in the beginning of the Lord's Supper was to celebrate Passover, to celebrate what God already did for the Jews back in the Old Testament in Exodus when he saved their firstborn. Um, so I do want to go back and read Exodus 12, verse 5 through 7, and then 12 and 13. And where should we go? So in Exodus 12, 5 through 7, it says, He's talking about Passover, and it's the setup for what they, the Jews were told to do for Passover and everything. It says they were told to go pick a lamb, and it says, Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or the goat, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lamb at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the house in which they eat. So God's telling them to put the blood of that lamb on the doorposts. And it goes on in there to explain what they're supposed to do with the rest of the lamb as far as the Passover meal. But then we come to Exodus 12, 12 through and 13. And this is where the whole Passover and what he did for them during that time. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So the blood of the lamb, of that unblemished, and in my mind, that whole point of that whole lamb thing is, is as much as the blood, it's the whole unblemished part of that lamb. So in other words, they were supposed to pick a one-year-old lamb that had nothing wrong with it, just unblemished, perfect lamb. And when I was reading that, it kind of threw me back into everything. And, and, you know, that was one of the plagues that led them and kind of got them out of slavery, out of Egypt. And without that blood of that unblemished lamb, they would all lost their firstborn children. So... In another verse that I don't have up on the screen that it kind of brought me to, I tell you, rabbit holes in the Bible and me just keep going verse to verse to this to that. So I was also, and like I said, it's not up there. In the book of John, in uh, John chapter 1, verse 29, it's, it's John the Baptist, and they were down at the river, and, he was, and, and all of a sudden he sees Jesus walking towards the river, 
in going to the blood of the lamb, this is what he said. It says, the next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So now this is both Exodus and, and that and, and with John the Baptist. I mean, that was way before Jesus gave his life on the cross for us. So it just there's so much tie-in to communion, the Last Supper, the blood of Jesus, the, the flesh of Jesus. And when we look at what Jesus did on the cross for us as the spotless lamb of God, that's where that tie-in came in. You know, he's the spotless lamb of God. And what he did on that cross for us to spill his blood in order to save us and wash away our sins. So his blood and his death is what saved us in the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, the blood of a lamb, unblemished lamb, is what saved the Jews' firstborn children. So it's it's just, to me, I, I love when I'm reading in the New Testament, and it brings me back to the Old Testament. Because for me, the Old Testament is is history. And the New Testament for me is a way of us to live our lives. So when they tie together and it brings it together, it just, it really gets to me. Um, and in speaking about the bread and the flesh of God, in another, <coughs> excuse me, because all this is new to me as far as having scriptures on the thing and getting with Diane and setting everything up. So, but I do want to read a couple more scriptures that aren't up on the screen in, again, back in John. John 6.51, it says, I am the living bread that come down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give you for the life of the world is my flesh. And then again, in skipping a few, going to 53 through 56, it says, hang on a minute. It says, John 6, 53 through 56. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. For whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. For whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in them. So, to me, when I, the other part of that breaking of the bread, yes, he broke the bread, they split it amongst them. But the other part about that breaking of the bread that really touches me is when I think about how much Jesus' body was broken from being whipped with the nine tails, the, the, the carrying of the cross, the being stoned, being nailed to a cross, just how much his body 
was actually broken for us. And then on top of that, how much blood he shed for our sins so that we could have that relationship that we have as Christians with God. Something without all that, we would never have. You know, and the I think that there's just so much to communion that we, I don't know if we look past, but that we don't necessarily, you know, we come to church, we show up, oh, we're going to do communion. All right, good, we're going to do communion. And we don't put any effort into communion. You know, communion, I think a lot of times people think it should be a somber thing, you know, that we should be sitting here going, oh, everything, but it, it really shouldn't. I mean, it, it says right there, remember me when you do this. So it's, it's a remember, it's a thank you to God. It's a celebration. We should be celebrating what Jesus did on the cross for us when we take communion. We shouldn't sit there feeling sorry for him. He fully knew what he was doing, and he fully understood that we, he had to do it for us. And without it, without God's grace, and Jesus on the cross, we wouldn't even be worthy of taking communion anyway in the Lord's Supper. I mean, because we are truly all sinners. So it brings me to something that I was actually, you know, most people know I can talk forever, so I got to kind of keep an eye on the, the clock. But I truly... For one thing I forgot to say is another one of the things that I do is I am one of the adult leaders in our youth. And I, I always tell the youth that, you know, we probably will never, ever, at least I don't think so, I hope I do, but we'll probably never really ever hear God actually speak to us verbally. I mean, I would love the day. It would probably scare me. But I would love the day to actually hear God verbally to me. But he uses the Holy Spirit. And a lot of that is where I came to really kind of have to dig into this. But he also, I tell the children, he uses situations and he uses other people to speak to us. And unfortunately, well, fortunately, about a week ago, my oldest, Megan, was at the house, and we were talking about me getting up here and doing this. And my lovely daughter, who is a very Christian woman, brought up 1 Corinthians. And it really led me to question what it, not what it questioned what it said, but questioned whether or not I should bring up what it says in 1 Corinthians. And so I called Kevin this week. He told me I could call him if I had any questions while he was on vacation in Virginia. And I asked him, and, you know, we went through, and I said, Kevin, I said, man, is this something that is better brought up by you being you're our pastor? And Kevin said that if God put it on my heart through my daughter, 
and then say it, you know, because it's a hard truth, and it's not something, even Kevin said, it's not something he's really talked about much. So what I want to do is I'm going to set it up a little bit, and then I'll read the verse. Um, let me find it here so I'm ready. So, 1 Corinthians, from what I've understood, is always, it's, it's Paul's letter to the church of Corinth to address problems and give solutions to the church that he's seen going on and that he's heard about. You know, they, the church was in a really not good area. You know, there was a lot of outside distractions that was coming into the church. And so part of that letter, one of those problems, one of those solutions was 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26 through 29. So it says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat the bread and drink the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment upon himself. You know, when I read that, like I said, I was like, oh, that's really deep. You know, that's not something I think we come to Sunday church and when we're getting ready to take communion, that we don't necessarily stop and think about it. You know, Paul was talking about that we need to prepare ourselves for communion. You know, unlike Passover, which is something the Jews are commanded to do once a year, the same time, every time, communion is something we do to remember what Jesus did on the cross for us. So it's not something we do once a month, quarterly, yearly. It's something we do whenever we feel moved to do it. So with that being said, we need to prepare ourselves. And when I was reading that, that unworthy manner, a lot of what he was talking about, one of the things he was talking about was coming to take the Lord's Supper and not truly understanding what you're doing, and it's just like another supper. It's just people show up, they take it, they go home. Hey, good, we had, we had communion this weekend. It says, Rushing into without thinking of the meaning, the reality of it is none of us are worthy of taking Lord's Supper. We're all sinners saved by grace. Um, and that's why we should prepare ourselves. We should look deep inside ourselves. And when he's talking about some of those things is, you know, do we, as we're sitting here right now, do we have unspoken 
Lord, have we not asked God's grace and forgiveness for a sin that we've done right now? Do, do we have some unforgiveness in our heart towards somebody or towards a situation that we're just holding on to that we just don't want to let go of? You know, are we, are we holding on to some hatred for something or some things in our lives right now that we're just not willing to let go of? You know, that's all comes back to that unworthy manner because as Christians, we're called to let go of those situations. We're called to ask God for forgiveness, even if we don't think he's going to forgive us. You know, it says he's going to forgive us. There's nothing else he can do but that. God's, Jesus' blood wash away, washes away our sin, gives us that relationship with God, for him to go ahead and forgive our sins when we ask. So it's something that I just, when I read that, I was very convicted on myself. And, I mean, I, I had the opportunity for a week to look inside myself and to evaluate my worthiness and, and, and my manners in taking communion today. Um, man, I'm doing good. Um, <laughs> but I just feel that when we take a look inside of ourselves, as far as it comes to communion, we're also helping to remove barriers in our lives spiritually that keep us from getting closer to God. And actually, if you go further than that, closer to each other. If we're walking around holding on to things and we have in our head that the enemy puts in there, oh man, it, it, you can't be friends with this Christian and you can't get forgiveness from this Christian. When we take away those barriers, we become closer to each other. You know, we uh, talk about our values on the wall, and we talk about next steps. And I truly believe that when we talk about next steps, we tend to forget about the spiritual next steps. We always think about serving. We always think about stepping out in missions as next steps. But I think this part about looking into ourselves spiritually that's a big next step to take as a person and as a church. And I think that it also is better together when we can take those steps together, when we can talk to someone sitting next to us about those things. And when we take communion, taking it together as a community of believers, as the church hope. So... I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. And, you know, it's something that uh, when Kevin did this to me, and that's what I told him, <laughs> I tell you what, I, I really have a whole different outlook and view on taking communion 
I'm not going to lie. I was probably one of the ones that, all right, we're taking communion today. But I never thought about what it truly meant. And I knew what it means. I mean, I know God died. Jesus was on the cross. The blood that he spilt from, like I said, the nine tails, the, the crown of thorns, being actually stood there hanging on the cross, nailed to the cross, his broken body, the blood, and then having the Roman soldier actually stab him to finish it all off. And just the fact that his death broke the veil, his death and his blood allows us our sins to be forgiven, and it allows us to have that relationship with God that without all of that, we wouldn't have. We wouldn't have an opportunity to have someone love us the way that God loves us. We wouldn't have the grace that only God can give us. We wouldn't have the, the friend. And I think we forget that sometimes. We always think of the Father, but the friend that we have in Jesus Christ and the Lord, our Savior. So it's just something that is is changed my perspective. And uh, I thank you guys for letting me come up here and, and share that with you. Um, but I do want to, and it becomes a part, I want to take a second before we actually take communion for all of us to really examine ourselves and see if we're at the right place on that worthy manner to take communion today. Um, but I will say this. I don't want anybody that looks inside themselves, and I feel very strongly about this, to feel anything other than they're doing the right thing if they decide not to take communion today. It is not any of our jobs to judge anybody else. There's only one person that does that judging. And to me, someone that actually looks inside themselves and decides not to take communion today, it should be nothing but respect that someone took that hard look inside themselves and decided that's not something they needed to do today. That the next time we take communion, we can prepare a little bit better. Um, so I want to go ahead and take a second, quietly, just for all of us to kind of just examine ourselves and, and, and see where we stand right now. So let's do that. Lord, I just, again, Lord, I just lift all of us up to you, Lord, as we get ready to, to take communion, to take the, the Lord's Supper, Lord. And I pray that every single one of us examines ourselves, Lord, that we take a deep look into our soul and our spirit, Lord, and that we're prepared to actually take communion, Lord. I pray that as we take this communion, that we remember that ultimate sacrifice that Jesus took for us on the cross, Lord, and the tie-in to the breaking of the bread and the breaking of his body and his flesh 
Lord, and, and, and the blood that he spilt for our sins, that washed it away, Lord, that, that allowed us to be your friends, to come join you when it's all said and done, Lord. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, if y'all, in an orderly manner, come up to the front, we have the wine and the bread. So if you'll make your way up, we'll grab the sacraments and then we'll do communion. just bring this to you, Lord, and we take this communion in your celebration, in your honor, to thank you for what you did on the cross, to thank you for the broken body, to thank you for the blood that you spilt for us, Lord. I just can't comprehend the love and the grace that you have for us that we didn't even deserve, that we still don't deserve, Lord. So I just thank you and praise you and all of that in Jesus' name. So we can take the bread. Lord, I just pray that as we leave here today, Lord, as we start our week, that as we continue to look inside ourselves, that we continue to remove those barriers that are in the way of our relationship with you, our friendship with you, Lord, and our friendship and relationship with other Christians, Lord. I pray that we take the opportunity this week to 
find somebody to talk to. Find somebody to to give your message to, Lord. Lord, I pray that, that you put someone in front of us that we can talk about what you did on the cross for us, Lord, that we can explain to them the life we can have with you is so much better than the life that we have without you, Lord. So I just give you thanks. I love you for your mercy. Lord, we just, I pray that everybody leaves here today in a better place than they were when they came. Lord, I do ask that while we're praying that you watch over Kevin and his family as they travel back from Virginia, back here to the coast, back to us. Lord, that they get here and that they had a good time. Lord, I say all this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Oh, well, we will wrap it up. And I thank all of you for coming and putting up with me this morning. <laughs> I promise, because I don't foresee Kevin not asking me again. So I <laughs> promise I'll do a better job next time. Y'all have a good week. <laughs>